Hey, welcome. My name is Glenn Lundy. Super excited to be launching our new Breakfast with Champions podcast. Can you believe it? That's right. The Breakfast with Champions podcast has finally arrived. This is your opportunity to get motivation, education, and inspiration every single day. And ultimately, your opportunity to get a seat at the table, to be a fly on the wall, to listen in to some conversations between some of the most amazing superhumans from around the planet. We're talking about people that are doing the things you know you can do, that have reached some of those levels you know you can reach. We've got celebrity interviews with people like Tiffany Haddish and Grant Cardone, Lauren Rittiger. We've got specialists in areas like Capital Ventures, right? Or wealth building, wealth management, real estate, all kinds of incredible conversations. And what's amazing about the Breakfast with Champions podcast is you're going to be able to tune in, listen in. They won't even know you're there, right? It's just like you're, you're, you're listening in on all these incredible secrets of some of the most successful humans from all around the world. You know, when we launched Breakfast with Champions, we had no idea of the power that it was gonna have. We had no idea of the collaborations it would create. We had no idea that we'd be able to connect humans from England and Australia and Saigon and America, of course, all together in one room having powerful conversations that elevate everyone in the experience. Listen, if you like these episodes of Breakfast with Champions, do me a huge favor and let us know. We would greatly appreciate it. We pour into this. You're going to get five to six hours of content every single day, Monday through Friday, five days a week. You can keep coming back. So make sure you subscribe to the podcast. We'd appreciate it. Drop your comments, share your thoughts and your reviews. It mean the world to us if you would do that. And in exchange, we promise you that we will always create a space, a safe space where you can come. You're not going to get politics here. It's not going to happen. You'll never see any type of division in here. It's actually exactly the opposite. We have a bunch of different people with different belief systems, different upbringing, different backgrounds. We've got people from all different ethnicities all coming together. But the one thing that we share is everyone in this room shares the same heart. And it is a heart to elevate you, to encourage you, to inspire you, and to help you become the absolute best version of yourself that you can possibly be. So if you would, do us a favor, write those reviews, subscribe to the podcast, tell your friends. We're going to be here, and we hope that you will be too. Enjoy Breakfast with Champions. You'll see there in the notes that you can skip forward. You can move back. If you need to pause it for a minute, you'll now have that opportunity to do so. We do record these daily on Clubhouse. We have a Breakfast with Champions Club there, or you can follow me, Glenn Lundy, if you'd like to see those rooms, if that's an app that you enjoy. You can always come in and tune in live, or of course, just sit back and enjoy right here on the podcast and anywhere your podcast can be found. It is such an honor and a privilege to be able to spend this time with you. I know that there are a trillion places you could have chose to be. You chose to be right here with us on Breakfast with Champions, and that means the world to me, and I absolutely stinking love you for it. So with that said, we are excited to launch the new Breakfast with Champions podcast. Thanks so much. Hey, 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 h
Hey, 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 Discipline compounded daily equals transformation. It's probably one of my favorite topics. What I'm going to do up at the top, I'm going to edit the pinned link up here because my event, thank you so much uh, for posting it. Um, I'm putting a new link up here um, because I got something exciting. Uh, For those of you that have over three employees at your company, um, you may qualify for something crazy. Uh, it's called the employee retention tax credit. I have, uh, buddies who are getting, you know, multi six figure checks right now from the IRS, uh, because of this hidden tax code, um, as a, as a tax refund or tax credit where the IRS is basically paying you up to $20,000 per employee that you retained throughout 2020 and 2021. So if you run a business and you had, um, you know, more than one employee or one or more employees and you retained that employee through 2020, which was the year of COVID and 2021, you can get up to $26,000 per employee and you don't have to have had a revenue drop. This is a big myth. Uh, So I wanted to start with this because I know some of you are going to have to dip out midway through or earlier during my speech today because y'all are busy. But uh, what we did is we put together a form for those of you who run businesses that had more than one employee, one or more employees, I should say, um, and you retained that one or more employee for at least um, part of uh, 2020 in 2021. You can fill out that form above. I have a team that I've partnered with that will follow up with you and uh, give you all the details. But yeah, we're talking some serious cash that uh, I I held an event last week or uh, gosh, was this last week or um, I guess this was actually uh, about a week and a half ago with Alex Rodriguez, Jillian Michaels, Gary Vaynerchuk. I hosted this event. I had a ton of business owners in the room I'm having lunch with people. I'm uh, having conversations with people, and under their breath, they're telling me they they use this tax credit thing to get some serious cake from the IRS. So um, that's why we decided to put this together. Uh, no obligation. There's no upfront charge or anything, uh, and you can get a 30-minute call to learn more about it. So today we're going to be talking about, and I'll come back to this later. Discipline compounded daily equals transformation. What does that mean? So. What I want you to think about is lead indicators. So I've talked about this before in other speeches that I've done, lead indicators. So I want you to think about when a rocket launches, how many things have to actually check off the list, like checkpoints, like like a checklist in order for a rocket to launch. Or let's take it a step back for a plane to launch, like how long is the checklist that they need to go, yep, yeah, we did this, yeah, we refueled, yeah, we did this. How long do you think that checklist is? Someone unmute and give me some guesses. 
40 pages. <laughs> 40 pages. <laughs> I, I, I think it might be, it might range depending on the uh, airplane, the pilot and the conditions, but um, anywhere between 60 minutes and 120 minutes. Yeah. Right. I mean, there's it, the, I think everyone's right. The point is that no one in their right mind would ever pilot a plane without first going through that checklist. True or false? Can I get an unmute and a true if you're with me? True. true. Yes, true, true, true. True story. By the way, for those of you who are in the comments and not up on stage, every time I'm asking for feedback, I'm looking down at the comments right now, bottom left, okay? So bottom left section, I'm looking. Can I get some trues from those of you who aren't on stage, you amazing people, so I can see how many of you are with me right now? Okay, I see Wisdom Guy said true. I see Leslie said true. I see Ricardo said true. I see Jex, Bella, Sonia, Jex. Um, I see Credit Sage. Okay, that's an awesome name, by the way. So thank you for all the trues, everyone. You would never in your right mind fly a plane, operate a plane, or want to step on a plane if it didn't go first go through that checklist. So my question to everyone is, what's that checklist for the most important activities of your life? What's that checklist? Because we're talking about daily disciplines create transformation. Daily disciplines are essentially that checklist for you, for your life. For whose life? Let's see an unmute and a me. My life. Me. Whose life? My life. Me, 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 me. Okay. For me, your me, me. life, your life, you need, okay, if you're, if you're pointing at yourself, pointing at yourself in the chest right now, you, I, you need a checklist. What is your launch checklist on a daily basis? What are your non-negotiables on a daily basis? So what I'm going to talk about for a few minutes here is what are some of my non-negotiables? And within me sharing this, my hope is that you're going to find, I know, I know we got a lot of heavy hitters here, so I don't want to patronize you. I know you have, a lot of you are crushing it. So you already have daily disciplines. My intention in sharing some of my daily disciplines is only for you to question, do you need to enhance your current daily disciplines or do you need to maybe add in additional daily disciplines? Okay. So the first daily discipline that's mandatory for me is meditation. So meditation is not a negotiable for me as, you know, as my business has grown very, very rapidly. Um, I have found that one of the most important things is that I am getting centered every single day that I have crystal clarity around what my impulses are versus what my true critical thinking is. Did everyone just catch what I just said? Does anyone want to share an example of the difference between impulses and critical thinking? Go ahead, unmute and share it with me. What's the difference between an impulse versus critical thinking? Come on, unmute, I, I, come on. I, I'll, okay. I'll give it a go. Okay. I'll step up to the plate and see if I can hit this ball, okay? So this is Jamie. I'm located in, uh, in Ohio, Northwest Ohio. 
And so to answer the question, what is the difference between an impulse versus critical thinking? Stephen Covey talks about one of his books, um, sort of the, the space between an action and another action. I might be getting this wrong, but we have a decision to make in that time. And so if we give it no thought whatsoever, that's an impulse. But if we give it some thought and there's some contemplation, and I'm gonna add, if you have good muscle memory because you've been practicing this, practicing this for a long time, uh, then you might be utilizing some critical thinking. So there I go. Absolutely, positively love that. I know David, you wanted to share too? Yeah, I was just gonna, I was gonna say, I think it's the difference between action i think an impulse is like i want to i'm thinking about doing something critical thinking is you know analyzing it making a decision and doing it yeah so i think we're all pretty much on the same page that if you just operate on impulses you're not questioning what those impulses are you're not questioning whether you're taking the right actions Okay, it's way less valuable to do things right than it is to do the right things. Can I get an unmute and a yes that everyone understands the severity of the statement that I just said? Well, can yeah. you read yes. that? Yes, yes, yes. That's doing. The candy bar yes, 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 yes. yes. Those are I'm going to repeat it again. Okay, I'm going to repeat it again because this is this is why mindfulness and meditation is so important is it is way less valuable to do things right than it is to do the right things. Meaning you could do something perfectly right. Like a lot of people, most of the world actually, they've, they've learned how to be broke and they're, and they're actually doing that right. They're executing on the steps of being broke correctly but are they doing the right things if they're broke? Yes or no? Let me know. No. Probably not. No. Okay, but they're doing no. So that's a stupid example. I mean, a more real world example is when you're doing unproductive things right. For example, you could create the best system ever, the most flawless system through which you check your own emails You could do it perfectly. You could never miss an email that you receive and personally have the best system ever for you personally to review every single email that gets emailed to you. You could have a perfectly flawless system for checking your own email. The question is, okay, that's doing things right. Is that the right thing to do though? Or could you just delegate that to an executive assistant? What do you think most people do once they have enough capital to afford an assistant? They don't check their own email. Delegate. Right, they delegate it rapidly. So we can apply this to any area of our life. Some, a lot of people, they've learned how to work out the wrong way perfectly. They do the same repetitive actions and expect different results, which is defined as insanity, right? And then they don't actually change their health. They don't actually change their nutrition or their exercise or their stretching habits, but they do what they're currently doing flawlessly. And then they wonder why 
I'm not getting the results I want. Well, that's because you're not operating with the right paradigm. So what I have noticed is that mental agility, mental flexibility is in today's information age, there is nothing more valuable than intellectual agility and flexibility. So intellectual agility and flexibility, agility and flexibility is the ability to question your paradigms. A paradigm is a mental framework. So the way that the human brain works is what's called with decision-making heuristics. So we have these myelination pathways in our brain which essentially make it easier for us to operate through a world of uncertainty. That's what habits are. Habits appear in your thinking. They appear in your behaviors, your communication patterns. So habits really are the compilation of our true physical lives. The speed through which you can question your habits and upgrade your habits like a software in a computer would be upgraded. Everyone's still tracking with me? Can I get an unmute and a yes? You're still tracking. Yes. On target, sure. Yep. Okay. So and I'm looking in the comments right now too to see if see if y'all are with me as well. Okay, I'm looking, I'm looking, I'm looking. Okay. Thank you. So we have to get really good at questioning whether or not our current sets of habits. Thank you, Bella. Thank you, Sonia. I'm looking at the comments right now. Make sure y'all with me, okay? The speed through which we can question our habits is the indication. It's the indication of our mental agility and flexibility. Most people never question what they're doing or why they're doing it or how they're doing it. There's a book called Managing Oneself, which I brought up before by Peter Drucker. It's one of my favorite books, very short. And it talks about how all of the world's greatest achievers, they not only knew who they were as a person, meaning their identity, they were crystal clear on their identity, but they were also clear on something else. And that's called their work styles, work styles. So, if you look at a great achiever, I'm talking like Leonardo da Vinci, okay, or Mother Teresa, or you name it, anybody whose, whose name stood the test of time in any area of life, they not only knew their true identity, but they also knew their work styles. Your work style is the method through which you navigate your work through the world. So I'll give you an example. There's different learning styles. There's different teaching styles, okay? There's different performance styles. So the highest value questions you can ask yourself is how do I perform best? How do I learn best? How do I teach best? Most people don't ask these questions and by the way, most personality assessments don't pick up the answers to those questions. So you can go take Myers-Briggs, you can go take the Colby assessment, you can go take a thousand different 
personality assessments. Predictive index is one we use at our company. You could take all the personality assessments you want, but it's not going to show you how you perform, how you learn with flawless detail. This is something you have to learn within yourself. So I'll give you an example. Did you know that some people actually talk to learn? What if I were to tell you that there were multiple uh, in studies that they did, multiple of the world's wealthiest people, they actually, they were not good at reading to retain information. They were not good at listening to retain information. The way they retained information is primarily by teaching it to other people. This is why like kings in ancient days, kings would usually have meetings with the people that worked beneath the king and the king would basically just vent out. Okay, the same thing happens with, with uh, uh, army commanders. They will vent out everything that they have absorbed about the enemy with their troops, with their commanders, right? They'll vent out everything they know about the enemy and through that venting, the commander comes up with the solution as they're talking through it. So if you are the type of person who learns by teaching others, you need to teach others more. That's part of the reason I do Breakfast of Champions is I am that, I am that uh, learning style. I read a ton of books. I do a ton of mentorship. I, you know, but at the end of the day, I don't retain something until I've taught it to someone else. Is any, is anyone on stage like that with me Unmute and say, yes, if you're kind of like that as well. Yeah. I totally resonate with that bill. Thank yes. you. Yes. Same. Yes. Now that also means yes, Bill, man. Definitely. So, and I appreciate everyone giving me those yeses, but this is the interesting thing for you to be here right now. All that, all that shows is, if you're listening to me right now, there's something in me that you see in you. Otherwise, you wouldn't be resonating with what I'm saying right now. You would have signed off a clubhouse, right? So, so chances are all of us have a teacher learner within us. If that is a way that you learn, then the speed at which you teach others will determine the speed at which you retain information. Think about that. It's very fascinating. How do you perform is another question that the book, um, you know, uh, Managing Oneself talks about. And you understand why I'm going to pull this all back to why meditation specifically is such an important daily discipline. So what the book talks about managing oneself is how do you perform? How do you perform means how do you get into the groove throughout your week? Like, okay, maybe, okay, this is where personal development can kill you. You watch a video on how to schedule your week. You get super excited. You're like, oh, I'm going to, I'm going to laser specific schedule every minute of my week. But if that's not how you perform, it's just going to stress you out. How many of you get stressed out when you see 4,000 meetings in your calendar when you start a week? Unmute and say yes if that's you. Me. Definitely. 
Yeah, it's it, not everyone likes that. Other people love that. How many of you like having a clear schedule? Unmute and say me if that's you. If you actually like having a clear schedule entering a week. So there's literally, there's always going to be different personality types. Some people, I know most of my team, they don't want to enter a week without a clear schedule. Most of my 60 person in 60 employee team, they're high fact finder, high follow through on Colby. And they perform best when they know what is coming in their week. They don't like surprises as much as I do. I perform best without a clear schedule. I perform best allowing with an environment where I'm able to pounce on opportunities as they pop up. So I've designed a company around how I perform, where I have managers in place in every section of the business so that I have the freedom. Someone unmute and say freedom. Come on, let's raise the energy. Say freedom. Freedom, freedom, freedom. 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 So your job, if you run a business or if you're within a business, is you want to create a moat around how you perform. So if you perform best early in the morning on creative work and afternoon time is better for you to do procedural work, Okay, I also, I hate doing morning meetings. I don't tolerate morning meetings in my calendar. So if anyone tries to book a meeting with me before 2 p.m., it's gotta be a pressing priority. I mean, I had literally last week, I had Michael Gerber, the author of The E-Myth Revisited. How many of you know who Michael Gerber is? E-Myth Revisited, the book. So E-Myth Revisited, and everyone needs to read it if you don't know who he is. Um, it's the number one best-selling book on entrepreneurship ever in history. It's called The E-Myth Revisited. How many of you have heard of The E-Myth Revisited, or, or are we not awake this morning? Awake? Have not heard? Not heard about it. Great book. Oh, my gosh. Great book. Awake, yeah, never heard. heard haven't heard. Awake, but um, very curious. So okay. E-Myth Revisited. If, I would love it if you would high-level bill <laughs> yeah okay so e-myth revisited sorry i've read so many books i get um i should, <laughs> I should have been more accepting that those <laughs> some of you didn't read the book um but it is like you are literally costing yourself millions of dollars by every day you don't read that book and every day you don't read the book managing oneself so i get passionate because i probably read I don't know, 2000 books by this point. Um, and I think every great book is a must read. Um, but yeah, the E-Myth Revisited basically teaches you how to create a franchise prototype of your business. It's, it's, it's the book every business owner needs to read to remove themselves as being the bottleneck in their company. Um, so I know it was pivotal for me when I started my business, but long story short, the author of the E-Myth, Michael Gerber, last week wanted to have a meeting with me and the only time he was able to have a one-on-one -on -one meeting with me was before my allowed meeting time which is after 2 p.m which i actually learned this from uh, i think his name's herb keller uh from keller williams i think that's his name um and uh i forget what the name of the book gary is. 
Gary Keller. Yeah, Gary one Keller. Thing. That's it. Yeah, yeah. What, what's thing. the book called? The One Thing. Is that it? Yeah, The One Thing. Yeah, and in that he talks about how in Keller Williams he doesn't allow morning meetings because you should be using your highest brain power earlier in the day, and meetings require low brain power because there's social feedback, meaning you're you're able to bounce ideas off of others, so it doesn't require a ton of critical thinking. So that's another example. How do I perform? Well, I perform best with no meetings until after 2 p.m. So Michael Gerber wanted to meet with me last week, and I literally told him, no, I, I won't meet with you because I can't, I can't meet before 2 p.m. That's how important this is. So what I'm saying is, like, when you learn how you perform, I don't care if the president wants to book a call with you. If it doesn't meet your priority list and it doesn't meet how you perform, the president's got to reschedule. Like, that's how adamant I am about not breaking your performance system, right? I treat every single day as if I wake up and today is my Super Bowl. Today is the Super Bowl day. I want you to picture this. Imagine the intensity that a football team feels when they're behind the curtain, okay? They have not walked out onto the field yet. They're jumping up and down. They're pounding their chest. They're, they're chanting whatever their team anthem is, right? They're doing, they're, they're punching each other in the shoulder, right? How many of you are with me in this scenario right now? Say yes. Yes, Bill. Yes. Let's yes. go. Yes. Okay, yes. All right, you're in this scenario. Okay, you're jumping up and down. You're pounding your chest, all right? and you freaking walk out onto that field and the crowd erupts, right? It is your chance. This is the Super Bowl. You've worked for months to get to this point, all this adversity. How do most people enter their days? Like that or just another day, right? Dior. So if you were operating with that level of intensity and you were a football player, okay, on that Super Bowl winning team and you're a starter and the president wants a call with you in the middle of a play where you are crucial, are you going to take the call with the president, yes or no? Heck no. No, dude, you can wait, man. I'm, I'm winning the Super Bowl right now. So if you operate with that level of intensity, the world bends to what your reality is and what your decisions are. So you must know how you perform. So... This pulls us back to the original statement that I made, right? Do you perform in the morning? Do you perform at night? What kind of work do you perform with well in the morning? What kind of performance do you work? What kind of work do you perform with well in the evening? This requires one skill, and that's the skill of self-awareness. How do you cultivate self-awareness? This brings us all the way back to the original point I made, which is meditation, which I've spent 27 minutes going on this elaborate, long-winded, example-filled, uh, you know, uh, lesson around why the one thing that is a non-negotiable for me as my flight checklist is meditation. Because without meditation, I am not able to question stuff like this. I'm not able to create a space where I'm able to see the insanity before it becomes a habit. The last thing you want is insanity be to become a habit. You want to have, you want to create a space when you meditate. A lot of people think meditation is like stopping your thoughts. It's not, it's creating an environment where you 
accept every single thought that pops up in your mind and you look at them with no judgment attached. Thought pops up. Hmm. Wonder if this is working. Hmm. I did that yesterday. Did that make me feel good? Hmm. I didn't really feel dialed in when I did X yesterday. And what you start seeing is trends. So if you felt like crap three days in a row and you did something similar after 2 p.m., maybe you should stop doing that similar thing after 2 p.m. Or in the morning or whenever. How are you going to improve yourself if you don't create an environment to inspect yourself? So that's why meditation is, is absolutely crucial for mental agility, mental flexibility, and the ability to question, how do I perform? Mental agility, again, I'll just pull it back to this, is the ability to change your operating behaviors. It's the ability to change your paradigm, your worldview, your habits, your methods of operating throughout the day. Think about that. Okay. The next pillar that is non-negotiable for my flight checklist is what I always come back to. I call it auto-suggestion. Someone unmute and say auto-suggestion. Auto-suggestion. What does auto mean? Someone unmute and tell me. What, what does auto mean in auto-suggestion? On its own. Keep going. Automatic. No, immediate. Immediate. Part of the subconscious mind, those thoughts and habits are on auto-suggestion, like autopilot. Hmm. Automatic. Okay. So auto-suggestion. Great guesses. Go ahead. Self. Who said self? Yes, self. Correct. That's it. So the true, the true meaning, everything everyone said was right. The true meaning is auto, in auto-suggestion, is self-suggestion. Auto. Auto-immune disease is when the body's eating itself. Auto means self-suggestion. Okay. So this is my second flight checklist item. Every day, I am trying to self-suggest, suggest to myself where I am going. So auto-suggestion, they're, they're, the principle is way more important than the tactics. So the tactics that I use to employ auto-suggestion, and then I'll kind of break it down, is obviously... I write down my goals every single day. If th those of you who follow me on Instagram, you see me post that every day. So I write down my goals, five things I'm grateful for, and my purpose statement. I've done that for six, seven years straight. So why do I do that? Auto suggestion. At the pace that I know a lot of you want to operate with in your businesses and your lives, you need to match the pace that you desire with the pace of your auto-suggestion. You can't have a goal to operate at a super fast pace 
and then no mechanisms in place to hammer into your head where you're going. That's what auto-suggestion is. So writing down your goals is an example of a tactic that produces the result or the strategy of auto-suggestion. Another example is affirmations and or reciting your goals out loud every single day. So I do that as well. I, I do it from the book Think and Grow Rich, as a lot of you know. So I, again, I do that every single day on Instagram. I don't do it for anyone else, by the way. I do it to hold myself accountable that I'm doing it every day. That's the only reason I film myself doing it. I don't care if nobody watches anything I post on Instagram or Facebook. I don't care. I do that for myself, to hold myself accountable that I am writing down my goals every day and that I am reciting my goals physically, out loud, verbally, every single day. Auto-suggestion, uh, now I'll break down. So th that's the tactic, that's the strategy. Now let's kind of open it up a little bit. So auto-suggestion is where you take something from your conscious mind and you repeat it so frequently and with so much conviction you tell other people about it so that they can hold you accountable, that eventually it moves from your conscious mind to your what mind? Go ahead, unmute someone, let me know. Subconscious mind. Right? Moves from your conscious mind into your subconscious mind. Okay? So, let's, let's look at an example here. Can everyone here say out loud, I collect a million dollars cash in the next six months. Go ahead, unmute, say it. We all can say it, go ahead. I collect a collect million, million dollars, dollars in the next, in the next, six, next months. six months. Cash. Yeah. I collect a million dollars in the next six months. Okay. So everyone agree that everyone who just unmuted said it. Yes? Yes. Okay, so we said it. Now, what's the chance that that actually occurs for everyone who just unmuted and said it, right? Pretty good. I, well, it depends on where you're at in life, right? If you're already running a business doing more than that, then uh, let's not, let's exclude that. Let's say that everyone who unmuted, just using this as an example, let's say everyone who just unmuted didn't even have a business. What's the chance that that gets reached? Most people would say, less than a fraction of 1%, okay? So that's an example of weak auto-suggestion. It's weak, right? We said it once, we said it to a friend once. This is how most of us set our goals, by the way. We set our goals in private and we feel like, I don't know, it's too much ego or something if we were to be open about our financial goals. So we're better off to avoid criticism, just keeping them to ourselves. Well, let's, let's compare this to an alternative, okay? Let's compare that to someone who said their goal in passing. The language pattern that I usually hear when people set goals is I'd like to, it'd be nice if, Whenever that clause comes before a goal, it, the goal is not a goal, it's a hallucination. 
So hallucination is when you just kind of have a goal, you're hallucinating for a second, and then you're going to go back to your same operating behaviors. Okay. So what's, what is a well auto suggested example around that goal? Well, let's say that I make a million dollars in six months has now been shared with everyone that you're close with. Okay. So now not only have you self-suggested it, but you've also self-suggested it to others who can hold you accountable to it. So that creates what's called group accountability effect. The statistics are crazy around this, by the way. If you tell someone else your workout routine or you have someone else working out with you, a buddy, you're 300% more likely to complete, to actually follow through with your workout commitments if you tell someone else about it. No other change. Now let's say six months go by and you have, you've recited that phrase to yourself 10 times a day. You've written that phrase down 10 times a day. Okay. You've emotionalized that phrase. That's the most important part, by the way, of auto-suggestion. What did I just say is the most important part of auto-suggestion? Someone unmute. Emotional. Writing it down and saying out loud. Emotionalizing Emotion. it. Okay, can we all write down a goal right now without emotion tied behind it, yes or no? Yes. Yes. Okay, all of us can. You just write down a goal and no emotion behind it. So I need an emotional anchor. I need you, when you write this goal down, I need it to be so clear. I'm saying so clear in your mind that you literally feel the moment in your head, in your heart, in your body, in every fiber of your body. You feel, did I say think or feel? Feel. 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 You literally feel the moment. You see the moment. You picture the moment when that is actually true for you. And what happens is you start operating from that future place. And it, it is at that precise moment when you start operating from the future you that it is that the auto suggestion has successfully adopted into your subconscious mind. Once, once the conscious goal that you have has transitioned into your subconscious mind, it's harder to not reach the goal. Hear me. It's harder to not reach the goal than it is to reach the goal. Because what happens is when something gets into your subconscious mind, an effect occurs, which is called cognitive dissonance. In the human brain, cognitive dissonance is when your identity does not match your reality. Notice when an athlete, this is why a lot of athletes who don't make it in the big time, which is most athletes, go through depression when they have to give up their sport. Because it's cognitive dissonance. They built up this identity that I am an athlete. And then the NFL says, no, you're not an athlete. 
you got to go get a real job. Does everyone understand how hard that could be for someone? Yes. So you're trying to brainwash yourself into a new identity so that it becomes harder for you to be the old you than it is for you to be the new you. So let's kind of embed around this too. Let's say you've written down the goal for six months, 10 times a day. You've recited it out loud time 10 times a day. You have an emotional anchor tied to the goal. You've told all of the people you love the most about the goal. So everyone see like you're basically trapping yourself for success in this example. Right? So now the goal is real. And now here's the part where most people, they overcomplicate it. They think, oh, I need to read 1500 books to learn how to make this million dollars in six months. No, you don't. I have a very strong belief that you already know what you need to do. Listen, if, if the human body can self-regulate its temperature and, and, and create a freaking human brain and, and operate with your heart beating at an exact tempo for 80 plus years, I'm sorry, but the body is way smarter than the mind. Like no artificial intelligence ever built will have the intuition of the human brain. So why do I say this? I say this because oftentimes when we have a goal and even let's say we start emotionalizing the goal, the goal actually gets hardwired into our subconscious. Most of us overcomplicate how the planning of that goal needs to go. So we think that, well, when I get the right information, then I'll start on this goal. Or when I have the confidence, then I'll start on this goal. Or when I have the capability, when I've learned the skill required for this goal, then, okay, then I'll get started on the goal. Are you ever gonna learn the skill? Are you ever gonna have the perfect capability? Are you ever gonna be completely in the know of every piece of information you need? Yes or no? No. Those are rational lies. Nope. You're lying to no. yourself. Not a chance. Right. That's like lying to yourself. Okay. There's never the right time to have a kid. There's never the right time to hire someone. There's never the right time to spend more money on marketing. Ever. In any circumstance. It's always never the right time. <laughs> That's an always, always never. Okay. Always never the right time. So what I, my invitation to you is this, is very simply, you already know what you need to do. If you have the goal, you already know what you need to do. How do you know what you need to do? This is what I learned from my buddy, Brian Tracy. He says, he says, write everything out, a list, of 15 things, methods and strategies on how you will reach the goal that you have written down. That's it. 
You don't have to read 5,000 books about it. You already know what you need to do. So the question is, are you creating the space for you to truly write out that list of 15 things? I'll say that again. Are you creating the space of padding around your day-to-day to where you have at least a little itsy-bitsy bit of time where you can go there for a few minutes and and ask yourself, what are the 15 things that would make me collecting a million dollars in six months real? What is that list of 15 things? Okay, then from that list, what do you do? Very simple, circle the top three to five. If you could only do three to five of these things on the list of 15, trust your gut, Again, don't need, to read, don't need to read a book. Don't need to talk to 5,000 people about it. Okay, trust your gut. What are the top three to five things you need to do? And then, this is the easiest part. Go do them right now. When did I say do them? Right now. Do it now. No, 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 really, when did I say? Come on, I, I, maybe I have short, short-term memory loss. Do it right Go now. do them right now. Right oh, now. wait, wait. Right you mean now. like right now? Right now. Right now. Right now. Right now. Okay. But I can't do it right now. No, you can take the first step towards anything. Anything right now. You can contact the person that will get you the thing that you need. You can reach out to the person. You can immediately take action. immediately on any of those bullet points you just wrote down around the things that will get you to where you want to go. Stop telling yourself the lies that you need to wait for the right time. You've already gotten here by waiting for the right time. (laughs) So stop waiting for the right time. So that's the second non-negotiable for me. The third non-negotiable that I wanted to share today, talking about consistent discipline compounded daily equals transformation. The third discipline is your action setting habit. So number one, meditation. Number two, auto-suggestion. Number three, action setting. We talk about goal setting. We talk about vision setting. We talk about vision boards. We talk about all this. And we don't talk about how does a person, when they know what they need to do, actually take the actions? It's called action setting. I'm gonna write a book on this one day because every book talks about goal setting and it's not what people need to learn. Like anybody can set goals. So, Action setting is a methodology through which you take immediate action on the things that are most important. Now, the key statement in this sentence is most important. You could be action setting around playing video games every night, okay? But the key to action setting is discovering those most important actions, which we just did in the prior exercise. And then it's how do you create an environment 
where taking action is easier than delaying action. Uh, if the mic open, Bill, this is Bella again. I, I'm stunned. I can't speak for the people in the room, but you inspire me. And I'm just quiet because it's resonating because you're absolutely right. We all know what we're supposed to do. For me, you are pushing me over the edge. It's, I'm a leader. As I said before, you know, I'm the one where the coach needs a coach, right? So I'm quiet. I can't speak for anybody else on this platform because you hit that nerve. And I had to resonate, right? And stand up in my <laughs> truth. No, really. So you're right, Bill. We have everything we need. It's just pushing someone over the edge for me and you were my it. So now I'm going to go to the next level. But we need you, Bill, to, to move us, right? Let's go. It takes a village sometimes. Let's you, go. You need Thank you. You, you need you. Everyone on mute, say, I need me. I need me. I need me. I need me. All right. So this is. Commit to it, me. Hey, it is so easy when you become a commitment machine. So I'll share some examples for everyone. I know, I know a lot of you know me. Some of you don't know me. Like, you know, two months ago, we had 50 full-time employees. I think right now we have 62 full-time employees. Like, we will have over 100 full-time employees in, I don't even know, in the next, uh, I don't know, four or five months. We'll see. But, like, that people is the, is the cheat code. It's. I just hired another a full time in house recruiter, another one, and for a company, and it's just changing the game. Like you, like companies. I know Richard Branson said this. Companies are groups of people that accomplish a goal together. It's a very simple definition of a company. So. I need to see how many people have you committed to on your team. Okay. How many people have you hired? How many freelancers have you hired? Like you can't do this stuff all by yourself. There's only so many hours in the day. So the ultimate now, by the way, for everyone who's like, Oh, great for Bill. He is over 60 employees. Four and a half years ago, I was alone in a basement of an apartment complex cold calling when I started my business. So there's no, like, oh, I don't have some Jedi, you know, uh, upbringing. I, I, like, I, this is all just, I just keep committing. It, there is no competition. If you're the only person that just keeps freaking committing, nobody does it. Everyone tiptoes. It's, it's, I, you should see my, my freak out face right now in the middle of this field I'm, I'm talking in. Like my, my hands are up like to the side of my face right now. I'm like, oh my gosh, this is like the cheat code. Nobody commits. <laughs> Everyone's afraid to put the money where their mouth is. So if you can just learn the one action setting habit, and that is to detach from your financial fears, no one's going to compete with you. Mark my words. Nobody is going to com compete with you. So the question that we really need to ask around action setting is why am I so afraid to spend money? What happened to where I don't, I see the downside mask before I see the upside mask. What happened to where, like, I don't see possibilities of what if it does work. I see what if it does not work. What if it doesn't work? 
if all you're addicted to is what if it does work? 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 What if it does? If that's the language pattern in your head, you're going to take more or less action. What do you think? Less action. More. What if it does more. work? What if it does work? Are you going to take more or less action if that's going through your head? More action. More. The only reason we don't take action on our goals is if we perceive the action that we're about to take is going to be more painful than it will be pleasurable. Period. If you believe hiring someone is going to be more painful than it is pleasurable, you're not going to hire the person. If you believe spending more money on marketing is going to be more painful than pleasurable, you're not going to spend more money on marketing. If you believe reaching out to the person that you need to reach out to is more painful than pleasurable if you get rejected, you're not going to reach out to the person. See, if you can just get through the initial period of rejection with whatever your next idea is in business, there's no competition on the other side. Are you willing the cost, are, are you willing to pay the cost of a little bit of discomfort for a life of abundance, yes or no? 1,000%. Yes. 100%. Yes. Yes, 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 yes. So when you, like, literally, I can tell you how it feels, by the way. Like, when I spent my first month on marketing, I spent, like, $5,000. I was frantic. I was like, oh, my God, this has to work. This has to work. This has to work. I was, like, so scared. It was all on Google advertising. I was, like, so scared. And that feeling lasted for two days. I was borderline like sweating when I went to bed at night, spending 5,000 a month on Google ads. Then what happened after two days? Oh, I didn't die. Oh, whoa, I got some clients from this actually. Whoa, this is way better than cold calling. So I had a little bit of pain and then insight, 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 insight. Oh, wow, this is awesome. Let's scale it up. And then I scaled from 5,000 a month to 26,000 a month. I didn't have the money. I decided to spend the money. Very two very different things. So that same thing is going to happen when you hire someone. You're going to feel really scared the first time you do it. And then you're going to be like, oh, wow, I saw how this expanded our capacity as a company by having someone else do the work. That same insight's going to happen when you spend money on marketing. That same thing is going to happen when you invest in yourself. This is why I spend $600,000 a year on personal development mentors and coaches and coaching programs. The first time was the scariest. The 26th time is not scary anymore because I, I, I have learned, by the way, that's my highest return on investment investment in my entire investment portfolio is the money that I've spent to get answers. 
from people who have been there and done that. But you're not going to know that until you start getting some wins. So unstoppable momentum. When I interviewed Emmett Smith, the all-time leading rusher in the NFL on our talk show, Emmett Smith said uh, that the science of unstoppable momentum is all you need is one little win. Think about when you see a momentum shift in a football game. When you see a momentum shift in a football game, usually something, one tiny thing happens, that tur- like an interception or a, a fumble or a big play, and the whole momentum shifts of the game. Momentum is confidence. Confidence comes from you get a couple of wins under your belt. Confidence comes faster when those wins come in the midst of fear. If you have win after win after win with no fear, you become desensitized to the wins. If you have a ton of fear and pain and then a huge victorious win, one big win is more important than a lot of tiny wins that don't have any pain associated with them. So you got to trigger your own pain is my point. If you want to take massive action on the other side of that pain comes the payoff. So I'll kind of close this together with my last point. Rich people focus on the payoff. Poor people focus on the payment. So I'm asking everyone, if you want to become an action addict, how many of you want to become an action addict? Say yes and put put yes in the comments. Yes, yeah, I want to be an action. action addict. Maybe that'll be the title of my book. Okay. I want you to, if you want to be addicted to action, then you have to become addicted to the payoffs of your actions. Okay. All right. So as my segment is coming to a close, I'm going to remind everyone on the form up top. Okay. The ERTC form that is at the top. Okay. I have joined forces with a business that is literally getting hundreds of thousands of dollars for some businesses for the employee retention tax credit. So if, again, if you own a business or you know someone who owns a business, okay, I'm telling you this is the best of the best company to work with that I'm representing here, okay? It's it's the Ed Lake Law Firm. They, they have done the, gotten the highest possible values for this ERTC thing. Let me explain it real quick. So if you had more than one full-time employee who worked with you in 2019, any, any more than one full-time employee that worked with you in 2019 and you retained that one employee through 2020 or 2021 and or 2021, you can receive up to $26,000 per employee from the IRS as a non-refundable, meaning uh, not repayable check from the IRS. Okay, for the employees that you retain throughout the year of COVID and the year after COVID. Okay, so you can see how big this check could potentially be. Okay, based on how many employees you have if you have a large company. So, what you want to do is fill out the form at the top. Here's the key you don't have to have received or experienced a revenue decline. This is a big myth that I'm trying to spread the message about right now. It's a big myth. You don't have to have had your company's revenues declined in 2020 or 2021 in order to qualify for the ERTC. 
the employee retention tax credit, okay? There are other factors, they're called COVID-19 factors that could have had an impact on your business other than a revenue decline, okay? Now, revenue decline is the easiest one to prove. Not a lot of people have that though. So fill out the form and we'll put you in contact with our partner who has a team of hundreds of people who this is all they're doing right now is helping business owners understand what are they entitled to from the IRS. And we have all the systems set up to see the exact dollar amounts that you would qualify for. And then the IRS will literally send you a check. I mean, we have someone yesterday who is probably gonna be getting a seven figure check, a million dollar check from the IRS because of this. So um, there are a lot of opportunities here for business owners who have not utilized this. So fill out that form. Um, and that's all I got today. Make sure you're following me on Instagram and on YouTube, SMB Teams YouTube. That's all I got. Here to serve everyone, here to make you more money. And I'll see you next week on Breakfast with Champions. And Thank you for joining us on Breakfast with Champions. If you want to catch the live version, you can follow us on Clubhouse and listen from 5 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern Time, Monday through Friday, Saturday 6 to noon, and Sundays with our 111 Sunday service. Make sure you're keeping up with Breakfast with Champions and getting yourself a seat at the table.